Wait, you don't sound autistic. Well, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. So I have a story that's not related to autism. And well, maybe it, no, no, it's not. Okay. Because you told me to tell the story. Which one? The pickle story. <laughs> I think it is related in the sense that it's a social situation that you were. Um, how do I say it? Like shocked by. Well, sh- yeah. There's like the like. How do you socially respond to a moment like this? So I went out last night and uh, to cap off the evening, we went to Taco Mac, which for the, the un- 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 uninitiated, <laughs> un- 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 uninitiated is like, a, well, it's a taco slash wing type place that has okay. a lot of beers and stuff. So the waiter comes over. He's like pretty young, um, maybe 22 or something like that. Okay. And fresh I, into adulthood, barely. And uh, yeah, he kept saying, um, that's what's up to everything. Okay, so like I was trying to get, I was like, oh, what kind of beers do you have? And I was like, what, what beers would you recommend? I've never been here before. And he's like, all the beers that I would recommend have been popping to tonight, so that we're out of them. And I was like, all right, and he goes, do you like ciders? And I was like, yeah, I like cider. And he goes, we have a, we have a wonderful pineapple cider. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'll take that. And he's like, that's what's up. <laughs> and then uh, I ordered. And did his face change? Did he no. make a face with it? Or he just like added it into the end no. of every sentence? He just added it. Anytime something was up, he said, that's what's up. Weird. That's what's up. Just like at the just like at the end of every breath. Not every breath. Just when something was up. That's what's up. <laughs> how, do you, how do you determine that? I'll, t- I'll show you. Okay. I'll do it. Give d- me a, an example. The entire episode. I don't know. Um, so I I uh, I ordered some some food, and along with that, it came with a side. And so I was like, "What side do you recommend?" And he goes, "The fried pickles." You like fried pickles? I was like, "Yeah, fried pickles are good." He's like, "Yeah, it's a small side." I was like, "All right." I was like, "I'll go for the fried pickles." That's what's up. <laughs> okay. So I get my food. I'm full. The pickles come out late, so they're super hot. Like oh yeah, and and you don't a, a, just a lot more pickles. They gave me like the full side, not like the side that you would normally get. Oh, okay. You know, like the appetizer size. Right. As opposed to the side size. Gotcha. Anyway, so he comes over and I had only really only eaten a couple of pickles and he goes, oh, did you not enjoy the pickles? And I was like, no, the pickles were good. And I was like, I only had like three of them. Um, I was like, just because I'm so full. And he literally reaches over and then grabs a pickle and eats it. Right out of your... Out of the platter. Wow. That's and I was like, so- wow, I didn't realize there was a pickle tax here. I uh, <laughs> I see that you, you what, what did I say earlier? The one, the one pickle. There's one pickle policy. Yeah, the one pickle policy, and uh, you could tell he wanted another pickle. And I was there with someone else, and she was also shocked. Wow, she's so like, did that just happen? Did Did he even seem phased by his no. actions? Like, like he no. And then it turns out that uh, he's been there for two weeks. Okay. And so, uh, 
Yeah, so he just took a pickle. Super rookie. So what did you do? Other than making the joke, like... I just made a comment. And then he was like, that's what's up, and walked out? He didn't say that's what's up that oh. time, Michelle. Well, that would have been the right time to say it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm like, how's that pickle? He's like, that's what's up. Wow. Yeah. So what'd you do? I paid and I left. What was, what was it? What was it gonna beat him up? Well, not for a pickle, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't even. I, I think just hearing it, the story, I'm already. You can't change that. Shocked, like that's I don't know what I would do. There's some like that's the makings of a serial killer. Right, but you could be like, hey, where's the boss around here? And be like, he just literally took food off my plate while I was. He he was he was talking crap about the the managers. He's like, we have managers, but he did the quote unquote, you know, like the finger quotes. Mm-hmm. He's like, we have managers, but they're in the back. They're not really paying attention. So, because he's, because he's like, when I went back to get your pickles, I was like, I need pickles stat, and they just made him. They didn't give him the right size amount of pickles, whatever. So he's basically declaring that they have very lax boundaries and oversight. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not selling Taco Mac too well right now. No, but maybe it was just that location. That's almost like I don't even know what I would do. It's like at that moment your ego's triggered, right? Do you shut down? Do you say it was, something? It was a pretty bad customer service experience because when we first walked in, there were two hostesses and the the woman goes, um, would you like a booth or a table? Please don't say a booth. Oh. And so the person I was with was like, um, we'll take a booth, please. <laughs> I like her. And the woman was like grumpy and she's like, you wouldn't prefer a table. And so then she looked at me and she's like, do you want a table? I was like, I think a booth would be okay. And then the woman kind of grumbled again and she's like, we'll take a booth. <laughs> so I she like walks it. over and wipes the table off. It takes her two seconds. And then the other girl is complaining. She's like, I've been here since 10. And what time did you get there? It was late. Like, I don't know, like nine or 10. So like a 12 hour day? Yeah, but it's not my fault. Well, yeah, that's legit for her to be tired, but not to be complaining about it. Yeah. Wow. So and then and then pickle guy comes over. So the whole night That's what's up. The whole experience inside this restaurant was just one social disaster. Yes. After another. I was like, I guess this is how the rest this is how the other half lives. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was really weird. I'm glad to hear that uh your date didn't fall for the passive aggressive suggestion to do what they wanted. Yeah. No, she wanted a booth and that's what she got. That's cool. So. Yeah, I don't know what I would say to pickle guy. I don't, I would just be like, um it for a long long time something like that would happen to me, I would probably do nothing. If anything, I might just write a review after the fact because I don't know that I would be able to form my feelings into words in the moment to even express how inappropriate that was. Yeah. I don't think I could do it. I, I don't think, think he's going to be working there for long. Yeah. And, and you may not have to have any part in his exit, but that's just, it just shows a, a very deep lack of respect for his own company. I mean, obviously he doesn't feel like the company respects them. So that's the experience you get. That's not cool. It's just the unpredictability of social experiences It, it is always overwhelming. But when you walk into a restaurant, there are so many developed cultural um languages and norms that are pretty consistent across industries i mean across types of cuisine that there's still like a dance you expect to go through you expect to be treated a specific way and that just crossed boundaries i've never had someone a waiter eat my food and right off your plate and no that's it's uh, so 
Okay, well, I there's there's a Taco Mac close to here, and I've always looked at it. Now I probably will never go there. Why? The pickles were good. Well, that's good. Just ask the waiter. <laughs> <laughs> to be a smartass, I, I I had my pen, uh-huh. and uh, I wrote Blake's Pickles minus one on my box. <laughs> Did he see it? I don't know. Oh. I, I just wrote it just because. Make you feel better. M- made me feel better. It's trying to be funny. Wow. Well, you handled it well. I did. Dang. Like a, like a chant, like a boss. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a couple topics to cover today. I wrote a bunch of stuff down. I really want to, before you dive into that, uh, um, say thank you. I appreciate you bringing forward the autism burnout last week and being able to kind of compare and contrast it to depression. I thought that was um, just a really important topic <coughs> to explore and so thank you for bringing that forward that's what's up <laughs> oh <laughs> that's how it works Rochelle. that's how it works i better drink something with caffeine or i'm not gonna be able to keep, keep up with you today Uh oh all right can i get into the Please. stuff all right so i created a meetup group i don't know i have to check it now because i created it last week i'm like i wonder if anyone's actually joined it okay to go to trivia nights movies and game and have game nights okay um so how am I going to pull this off? I have no idea. It sounds like fun, though. And I think it might end up being me and just one other guy who probably doesn't realize I have autism or that <laughs> I'm autistic. Okay. Does he have ADHD? No, I'm, I was saying like it'll just end up being me and one other dude. Oh, I see what you're we'll saying. We'll be hanging out playing Mario Kart and I'm going to be like, this is great. Isn't being autistic the best? And he'll be like, autistic? Uh, the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, yeah, didn't you join the group because it's I gotcha. autism? Okay, um, well, I like the uh, initiative, the bravery. Yeah. Uh, and also, I've been looking for a career counselor. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, but I can't afford the cost of that service. Oh, is it really? It's like they charge by the hour. It's like uh, it's like the cost of a lawyer. What? It's expensive. That's, that's um, not cool. However, the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation, um, which each state has an agency for this, apparently, Provides vocational services to help individuals with disabilities, including autism spectrum disorder, to prepare for, obtain, and retain employment. Really? Each state, yep, receives funding from the federal government, which is supplemented by state funding. Hmm. Um, the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation, or OVR, uh, eligibility requirements vary by state, as do the specific services offered by each state. Okay. So vocational rehab can help you with figuring out what kind of job you want, figuring out what skills you have, determining what accommodations you might need to succeed at work, identifying other resources to help you, creating and following a plan to reach your employment goals. This is cool. So I signed up with the state of Georgia, and now I have to wait. So apparently it takes some time and can be up to two months before an evaluation. And even if I do qualify, I may be added to a waiting list. But I did start the process. I'm proud of you. That's Thank very you. cool. Um, so in order to qualify, OVR must determine the following. You have to have a physical or mental disability. Mm-hmm. Check. Mm-hmm. Your disability causes a barrier to employment. Um, this one I said was questionable, but I think check because I really am unable to look for work the way that a neurotypical person would. Uh, so I, yes, um, that does a that does. A, apply to you um you have to have the ability to benefit from services to prepare for obtain or retain employment yeah 
and you have to you have to want to work and i put meh check <laughs> that's fair you have to want to work who wants to work right ridiculous um, services available through your local OVR may include diagnostic services to help you better understand your diagnosis, mm. how it affects your ability to work and your need for services, vocational evaluations to measure your aptitude, interests, abilities, areas of weaknesses, and work preferences. A vocational ev- evaluation could include a work trial to observe how you perform at a job site. Wow. Counseling to help you set realistic vocational goals and develop successful work habits. Okay. Skill training to prepare you for a job. Training to help you with life skills, such as getting to and from work. Okay. Placement assistance, including help with finding job openings, pursuing Mm -hmm. job leads, filling out applications, writing a resume, and interviewing. All the social pieces. Assistive technology when necessary, and job coaching. That is outstanding. I've been saying for years there should be something like this. In fact, a client of mine was just telling me she works for Dell. Um... Pause, pause real quick. I just Sorry. wanted to say one more thing. So I found this and more information on carautismroadmap.org. So if you want to go check out the information that I found, car autism roadmap. I did a bunch of research. In car like C-A-R? C-A-R autismroadmap.org. Okay. O-R-G. So Dell, your friend works at Dell. She was just saying that they have an internal program um, that she saw. That and, and she couldn't remember the name off of hand, so I, I wanted to go research it. Of course, I forgot until this moment. But she was explaining that um, they have created a program that is specific for hiring um, adults with autism, and it's I don't I don't remember exactly what she said went into it, but I think it's like you know very mindfully created so that it kind of. Um, alleviate some of those onboarding and um, interviewing social challenges, but also really is grounded and customized to, you know, make the experience something that is um, reachable and obtainable because she's, and then the the program, like the email that she got also listed some of the programs that, um, or the work that the, that the employees have been doing it, that have been hired into this program. And she says that she says it's some of the most creative innovative work she's seen come internally from her company in a long time Hmm. and it just and I said yeah you know one of the things that's often misunderstood about autism especially adult autism and especially for our adults right now um, is that it comes with an intellectual disability because it doesn't I mean I it's not to say that it can't but the percentage of those with autism that also have intellectual disabilities is is quite small because in rea- in in most cases the intellectual capacity of adults with autism and we're seeing in the children now but more difficult to measure yet is that the the intelligence is like genius level it's just off the chart high the it, the intellect is not a part of autism and in fact because of the different wiring of your brain and the way that you perceive things in uh, information differently and the way you can organize and sort information differently, it becomes one of your superpowers, one of your more hidden um, and glorious superpowers over neurotypicals because you have the capacity to really innovate some, uh, any any kind of structure, any any kind of thought process, any kind of thing that we've already built that we think is like technologically cool, because of the way your brain works, you could make it that much better. And there are so many 
companies that are starting to understand this and, and soften the social restrictions and norms of the neurotypical way of approaching employment. And they're starting to really prove what um, many of us family members have said forever is that I think you're brilliant. I've called you brilliant for a very long time now. Every time I say that to you, I know that it bounces against your low self-esteem filter and you think I'm wrong, but I'm not. And um, I'm you arrogant son of a bee. I'm just saying it comes from a place of loving confidence, but it also comes from a lot of experience in watching you work and watching the way that your mind comes up with something so differently than mine and knowing that you have a very important and um, unique place in our world. And the only thing holding you back is the fact that you don't know it. That's what's up, Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> gonna keep getting you <laughs> oh that's cool that's cool i i feel i feel i feel like that that's what's up that's what's up it's not what's up it's what's up oh well, you have up. to be the one to do it i'm i that's what's your, up it's your thing you're the one that had your pickles absconded <laughs> with did he like dip it in sauce too? No, he just took a pickle and put it in his mouth. And did the pickle come with sauce? And so yeah, it came with a, like a homemade ranch. Okay, so he just ignored the sauce, took your pickle, and yeah, he, I think maybe if he if he dipped it in the ranch, that would have been even weirder. Okay, because it's like at that point, you know, hands off the sauce. Might as well have taken a sip of my drink. Exactly. I'm excited to see how your experience with OVR works out. I mean, acquiring a new job is so much more challenging than staying in a job you don't want. And one of the things I've observed, you know, from you over the years is that you get really stressed out when you think about having to write a resume and, you know, fit into a specific job and what they're looking for. Because I know how to write my resume and, and position myself and my skills to fit a job because I know how to kind of blend the skills with what they're looking for and create like a merged perception of myself and you are so literal that I know you struggle to do that because for you it's like no I'm X and they need to be looking for X and if that doesn't match then it's not for me so it's a really it's a really cool thing that this existed I, I didn't know that this service existed the state funded yeah, neither did I I'm trying to think I, I went down the rabbit hole um, I was just trying to do some research for the show mm -hmm. it's like oh, I need to do some some reading or something <laughs> you're always the one yapping mm -hmm. uh so i just yeah did my i did some research what and, a great find and so yeah so i'm just trying to wait now and figure out speaking of which i should probably check my email and see if they emailed me yeah you should uh let's see i mean in my experience with some of these federal state funded programs they they get a lot of inquiries <clears throat> and it can take some time for them to respond but when they do the support is just amazing like the Babies Can't Wait program that we were able to get Declan into, the early intervention for therapies, was a game changer. Um, and I can't even imagine where he'd be without it at this point, but it did take some weeks of waiting and, the, you know, it's really buttoned up with paperwork and evaluations and things. So um, even if it does take, you know, six to eight weeks, in my experience, it's worth waiting for. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I got to look at my meetup group and see if anyone is going to meet up with me. Yeah, what well, gave you the <coughs> idea to do that one, too? 
because I'm just uh, I was like why well, I don't really have any I still don't really have any friends yeah so, I have more than me but yeah but you have your sister here uh, you're right you're right and you guys are obsessed with each other you're inseparable sometimes you work at the same place and you live in the same apartment complex we do and sometimes we only see each other when we're at work in between sessions so hmm. and sometimes not even then because our schedules are off um yeah, but yeah, where she's nearby. So I, on the other hand, have no one. I just don't feel like I have a lot of energy in my people tank. So is that what you call your uterus? No. Your people tank? <laughs> no. No, because I'm not creating anyone. My people tank is my energy to interact with other people. And um, I have to use a lot of that energy just to get through my work because... It is so demanding right now. And, um, you know, it's, I know we talk about different types of therapies and there's, you know, occupational therapy and physical therapy and speech therapy. And, you know, then you get into like massage therapy, cranial sacral therapy. There's, there's 250 different types of body work modalities. There's, you know, you get into like cognitive behavioral therapy. You get into all these other different types of ways to look at the human experience and help us name what's happening and work through it but trauma is all stored in the body so body work is important because no amount of talking about it is going to get it out of your body like so that takes a tremendous amount of effort on my part to interact with these people because it's literally my job to find that trauma and get it out of their bodies so it, it that's pretty much the max of what I have in my people tank. Gotcha. I just am completely going to go off topic because uh, I was trying to look at my meetup group and I oh, realized I don't really have one. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> I, I realized that I was like, oh, um, my need to be cheap far outweighs my need for social interaction. Why? What happened? Because you have to pay to have a meetup group. Oh, so what did you, so you hadn't really finished setting it no, up No, I yet. haven't finished. I started setting it up and I was like, I was like, yes. I was like, yeah, I got it all. Okay, perfect. Wonderful. And then I was like, 12 bucks? A month? I don't know. I don't even know. I just saw 12 bucks. It could have been a day, a month, a year, or just one time. <laughs> you didn't even look. You saw like money much. and ran away. I hear Let's you. See. Well, I mean, I get that. You're trying not to be impulsive with money. Oh, I see. So it's sixteen seventy nine a month for one. If you do it month to month, then it's eleven fifty four a month for s- if you do six months. Gotcha. So. So you have to invest in yourself then. That's how I would. No, no, no. Seriously, you need. It's important because money has so many different functions. Who needs friends? I know. I think they they should. I think that they just proved. It did the website instead of being called Meetup should be like Who needs friends? I'm just saying that... That's the name of my site, and guess what? You can join for free. Okay. Doesn't cost you a thing. It's not a bad idea to just invest your joy. in yourself. No, I mean, I'm investing in someone else. I'm, I'm, what, am I going to charge a dollar a person or something? You no, you, you would just have to front up the cost. Ridiculous. You're just what investing. What am I, Daddy Warbucks? Okay. Your relationship with money can't, you know, I've seen relationships with money stop people from having positive relationships with multiple other aspects of their life. Food, friends, you know, dating even. Oh, no. 
and I didn't catch that alliteration. Food friends, frenemies. What'd you say? Huh? What'd you say? What'd you say? Frenemies. That's what I said. That's not what you said. <laughs> what did you say? I said fornicating. I was kidding. Oh. <laughs> are, are we doing the uh, fight or flight? We fornicating? could. We could. Yeah. But, I mean, that would be. Fight, flight, friend, fornicate. <laughs> sure. One of those. Anyway, um, let's see. That was all I had today. That I, was it? No, yeah. I mean, that was good stuff. Yeah. I guess that's it. Really? No. Okay. Um, we had um, an, we, I mean, it's Easter weekend. I know it is Easter weekend. I know. The thing is, is we're a little, we've had just a little bit of sugar because um, we're trying to keep him from eating it all, although that's not working really well. I, I really struggle with these two holidays. Hope you like egg salad. I know. I'm going to, I know. But um, Halloween and Easter, like he is a, he's a low to no sugar kid, but man, does he, he takes advantage of these two. We should combine them. How? Make Halloweaster. Oh, interesting, considering they're two completely different. Like, one is planting the seeds, and the other one is harvesting the produce. So. We'll call, oh, we'll combine fall and spring. We'll call it fling. (laughs) We already do that socially. (laughs) Do we? We do. Damn. We we just half commit. Yeah, we don't actually commit with our friendships and, like, plant them in the ground and grow them. We We just fling them. That's right. That's what's up. <laughs> well timed. Well timed. Not everybody could use that effectively. No, I know. That's funny. Well, but still, I mean, like, he's had so much sugar, and it's like we even specifically bought the Easter basket contents with the goal of avoiding as much sugar as possible. And it still has a lot of sugar in it's it. It's still like the two things that I got that, I mean, the coloring book. I thought we did well. I really liked the pincer grip crayons. I've never seen those kind before Yeah, that you got They're in. just palm grip. Palm grip. Okay, well, because it's really common for... He has, he has, you know, human fingers. Yeah, but they call it pincer grip. Okay. Oh, in the occupational therapy, they call it pincer grip because he'll learn to do that fist grip. And then it because of the gross and fine motor skill challenges with autistic kids, they often are delayed in handwriting skills because they're not flexible with using their hands in more appropriate um, ways. That's why feeding can sometimes be such a challenge is because of the, you know, the rotation and wrist and all that coordination in their hands. And so um, his occupational therapist said we had to get the pincer grip or um, palm grip. I like that too. Crayons. They, I didn't know these ones that you bought existed, but they had like the rock ones. They look like little pieces of rocks. Yeah. I tried to look those up. I could not find them. That's or, or the ones I found were like really expensive. Yeah. I like what you bought instead. They didn't look like rocks as much as they look like. I mean, they look like river rocks. Yeah. Like big chunks. Because it just forces you to put your fingers around the crown instead of using the fist which isn't giving you any leverage or specificity in your movement you just made me think of something because you said crown that's how i say the word i know it's crayon i got in trouble the other day for saying ketchup by who i was out okay i was made fun of for saying ketchup it's ketchup that's what i said that's what you call it you call it ketchup yeah but it was because i said ketchup and not ketchup i do not hear a difference because yeah i don't know who who detected that small difference? A person I was hanging out with. Okay, I'm impressed. I, I they, they would not like talking to me then. Okay. 
Maybe that's why I don't eat it because I can't say it. That's right. Ketchup. Ketchup. You said ketchup. I said ketchup. I don't know the difference. Ketchup. I feel like it's the same. Okay. Well, then it's a non-issue. Let's move on. That's what's up. <laughs> Let's do it. Still can't believe that. There's a really pickle. cool program on Hulu called The Foods That Made America, I think, or The Foods That Made Us, maybe. Um, and it's a series, and it talks about how these staple foods wound its way into American culture and became these staples we just take for granted, and, and ketchup is one of them. And um, I think it was the Heinz, was it Heinz ketchup? I can't remember. I didn't, I didn't watch it, but my... Um, Heinz so or Hunt's? One of the two of them. It was created... Heinz is the bigger one. Yeah, because it was created back... I can't remember if it was late 1800s or early 1900s when they were still figuring out refrigeration. And so um, you they for a long time, they would eat meats that were kind of on the edge of spoiling, but it was expensive, and so you didn't throw it away. So they were starting mm-hmm. to develop these sauces that would hide the taste and the color of the meats and i don't um i don't know all the details but i just know that you combining that problem with this invention of this ketchup recipe yeah they're working with you know tomatoes or something and they went oh my god this is brilliant and so that was the birth of ketchup and i didn't know this they used to put copper in pickle water to make the Um, pickles look more green and more appetizing. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you imagine what that's done to our, like, brain health all this time? I mean... Copper? You used to put copper because it changes the color. Like, we've been experimenting with food dyes and chemicals for so much longer than I realized that it's now, like... No wonder we're all so brainwashed into thinking all these chemicals are fine and, and that there's no impact to our health and it didn't do anything to damage our DNA long term is because we, we were using this chemistry, you know, to make life feel a little bit more palatable, I guess. And it just has morphed into this completely different, uncontrollable beast. But um, it's a good program to watch. So I, I think it's called The Foods That Made Us. You know, it makes for it's a really Hulu. good... Um binder when you're cooking a meat that you want like a nice crust on hmm. mustard dijon mustard oh that's right i do i do remember you using that yeah i made uh like pork cutlets the other day yeah and you know like salt and pepper and then slather it in dijon mustard and then yeah. just dip it in the breadcrumbs uh-huh. and then just you basically you know cook it on the stove wow okay that's turns cool. out turned out pretty pretty good i did not know that yeah which has nothing to do with autism that's okay. Or ADHD. No, but it's learning. But we all need to eat, okay? So I don't want to hear any crap yes, from anyone. And no one else can take Blake's <laughs> pickles. My pickles? Yeah. What do you mean? Are you going to share your pickles with everyone? Oh, nope. Just the one guy. <laughs> just the one stranger. Nice. Maybe we'll call this episode Stranger Pickles. <laughs> the Pickle Stranger. Yes. I. Um, that sounds dirty. It does sound dirty. It does. A Blake Furtick story. Pickle, a pickle stranger. This sounds like something you'd put in your comedy stand-up. Does it? Yeah. Are you still exploring that route? I mean, I'd like to. I just, it's 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 hard because no one laughs at my stuff. Well, it's hard to know if they're not laughing at your stuff or you're just saying it in an audience that doesn't laugh. That's true. So how do you... Just, you're supposed to keep doing it. So you have to build over an immunity. Over and over and over again. To what people, you're supposed to just not care and just keep doing it. 
That's the rule. Have you gotten there yet? Uh, no, because I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a really difficult. I mean, how do you navigate that with rejection sensitivity dysphoria? I don't know. Does any? Did, did we, it's funny that you mention that. It's funny that you mention RST. Well, aren't you proud that I got it right? Yep. So proud. That's right. I have to really think about that word at the end. What's my first note? Rejection sensitivity. Oh, look at that. But you didn't talk about that. I didn't. I was waiting for you to bring it up. Look at me. I had it set up. That's I set you up, up perfectly. Oh, look at you. <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> Go for it. Um, yeah. So rejection sensitivity dysphoria is something that a lot of times comes along with uh, having ADHD. Mm-hmm. So... They say that uh, people with ADHD are more prone to feeling rejection in a more severe manner than people that don't have ADHD. And you might even feel rejection even if you haven't been rejected. You may just perceive or fear that you're going to be rejected and you'll feel that same response. Yes. Yeah, that's tough. It is. So your imagination could tell you you're about to be rejected and you will your body will feel like you've been rejected and it will stop you from moving forward. I mean, I I've see the thing is like I keep I've I've talked myself into doing stand up obviously, right? Like if right. we're talking about something like that. And I've done it a few times, but I think that because the response the the, the response the first time was amazing. Mm-hmm. You saw the video, right? It like was everyone amazing. was like, you "Oh, you were so good." And that's not even my good stuff. That's just kind of like my okay stuff. I have way funnier jokes, I think. Yeah, you were kind of censored down, though. Um, so, well, I'm also limited on like what the time I had to do, and I didn't really know what I was doing. I would do it differently if I did it again. Right. Uh, anyway, it, so getting on, beginning on stage, it's more, it's more the time of it, like because I would have to go out every day, like every day that I don't have Declan, I would be doing stand up. Okay. And. I'm just lazy, I think. I think it's, it has, it goes back to that autism burnout thing. Uh, yeah, you might be at a place where you have to, you're, you're, how do we say this? Like My capacity. Yeah, your capacity tank is empty, so you need to spend. My people tank. My uterus is is full. Yes. Well, if that's the case, like if your capacity tank for creativity or just for outward motivation and engaging with the world is empty and you do need to check we all need to check on that regularly like daily if that is empty it's no different than like being out of food or being you know exhausted and haven't slept these are things we have to consciously put our time and energy into replenishing and to be honest everybody needs to it doesn't matter you know what neurodesignation you have but at the same time I just believe that it's one of those things that we can't take for granted, uh, specifically you. Um, I don't, I don't have a lot of, I'm not a high energy person. Like I get drained. What? No, <laughs> I could, I could be napping almost every day. Like that'd be a fun episode to listen to. You know, me sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Not fun. But I just, I'm not typically, and I haven't been for a very long time, a high energy person, asthma or not, although it's getting a little bit better the longer that's getting some treatment. But um, maybe it's just that I've lived so many years with debilitating migraines and eventually you just get tired of trying to push through them, you know, and, and act like you can normalize pain like that. But as a result, now that I'm older in my life, I just have so much less tolerance for pushing through 
moments or experiences that I don't have the energy for. So now I find myself going, do I have energy for this right right now? And it's like, no, well, then I'm not going to push. I need to invest in myself because like many of our listeners, we're also raising children. So if we have more than one, I was speaking broadly as a collective. Oh, because you're abroad. <laughs> okay. And even if you weren't raising children, you probably have an emotional support animal. And if you don't have that, you probably have an emotional emotional support plant. And if you don't have that, you still have to interact to get groceries and have a job and, you know, doctor's visits. And those are those all add up to be exhausting things. I have an emotional support TV. That's a very common strategy. And an emotional emotional support couch. Yep, those all work. We don't, I don't have one of those. I would like one, but... Yeah, you have an emotional support floor. I do. Works very well. Yep. Yep. Very comforting. It is. It doesn't move. It's better than this chair. I know that chair sucks. This chair does suck. My ass is on fire. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I need a new office chair. But the, yeah. but the point is these are things we have to... These are not things we should feel bad about investing our time and energy in also because... If we need a little bit more time to rest and restore our bodies and our, you know, there, there's our health right now. If we're not resting, then our immune system isn't repairing our body. We're not healing from the stress of the day. You know, we've, we've been through this and those things are more important sometimes than, you know, whether you're getting your entire to-do list done, like who cares? Sometimes it can take all the energy I have just to do the admin work for him. I mean, getting him into, into a new school where like we've more assessments, we're changing out therapists. I've, I've had to redo all the paperwork again. And I, and I've had to really start to catalog all the time. If I have to answer one more set of questions of like what age he sat up and started walking and talking and what age did he get two to three word sentences at? It's like, Oh, where's my freaking list? I can't remember all this all the time. When did he, someone asked me a new question. One of these questionnaires, I know the age of sitting up and, standing up and walking but someone asked me now what age he started running and I was like I don't know so you know we should not take for granted the energy that we have and we should not take for granted when we need to replenish it for any given reason we don't need to take big actions every single day of every single week whoever fed us that line was wrong right we actually aren't even supposed to take big action. Like we have to get through the day, but there's an there's a there's a frequency to each day where you're kind of like in alignment with where you're going and it's only every 9 days that we're supposed to be like highly motivated to do things. Only every 9 days. Actually, it's every 10 days. It's once every 10 days. So, so what, twice a twice a month. Right, where we're naturally going to have a high energy day. Wow. So we don't really have to push ourselves. We just have to, there's other, you know, there's other things going on in the days where sometimes it's like today's a creative day or today's a reflection day or today is, you know, more of um, a daydream day or today's a planning day. You know, today's a good day to rewrite my routines or today's a good day to just play and just, you know, enjoy having fun and not worry so much about things. We've been told we have to be highly productive Monday through Friday and then spend your, your weekends doing this, you know, sports and da, 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 And we just never, no one ever rests. So I'm just saying, let's build that in. Okay. So if you're not feeling it, that's totally fine. 
Yeah, you know, you, you can't spell breast without rest. <laughs> okay. That I don't know. I just I just thought you should know that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I would never have thought that. Yep. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that comes if you're constantly pushing is that you inadvertently keep your body in fight or flight. And if you keep your body in a state of fight or flight, you're not receiving your own body's messages about your energy levels or your needs and you're not receiving your own intuitive hits over what you need to do or opportunities you can take advantage of so staying in fight or flight can be largely detrimental not just from a biology standpoint but also from like a life direction standpoint yeah that's something i've been learning a lot lately that the more i can uh, what's the word intentionally i guess intentionally avoid i so i i know we were talking last week about the strategies that you can use to downregulate when you start to notice you're in fight or flight and i did do my homework this week and i do have strategies to bring to the table um but one of the things i've been really honed in on is the fact that when you can identify how fight or flight feels for you, then you can instantly go, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in fight or flight again. I need to bring myself back down out of that. And I'm grateful that I did because there were many times in the last couple of months working on certain things with Declan where I got really angry and very just defensive and I just wanted to like pull him out of school and, you know say F you to the teacher. I mean, just, I was really angry. And if I had stayed in that state, I would not have figured out how to fix it. Yeah. I I honestly wouldn't have. I would have missed it. I might have just suffered longer. I lost you somewhere. Yeah. Sorry. I um <coughs> started laughing about a customer's name that I remembered from last week. Oh, I triggered a thought. Yeah. That explains it. Actually, I triggered my own thought. Okay. And then, and what is can, it? Oh, it's, it's... Look at us. We don't tolerate candy well either. We're both tired. <laughs> I don't think... I, I didn't have any candy. What are you talking about? He didn't force you to eat any of it? This, th- it's this customer's last name. I won't say what his last name is because then I'll get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But his name... Let's just say his... Well, I'll say... I'll make up a first name. Um, Bartholomew. Okay. <laughs> And so, like, the way that my message worked, you know, like, it'll show part of the person's name. Mm-hmm. So, they had, like, a really long name, like, Muhammad or something, you know, like, with several... Uh, like a Christopher or a... Yeah, just, I was just trying to think of a name that's, like, a longer name. Mm-hmm. And then their last name, it would cut it off. So, it just looked like, <laughs> looked like his name was Johnny Tits. <laughs> but it was really, like, you know, Tits, Titslammer or something. <laughs> and I was like... What kind of name, name is that? Yeah, no, I don't know. So when I made that stupid breast joke and I started thinking, I was like, Johnny Tits. <laughs> That's I, what's up. I see where your brain went. I watched it happen and I was like, I totally lost him in there. <laughs> He's not Sorry. even listening. I'm um, just talking to the mic here. Well, it's okay. That's uh, funny. So you went from breast to, well, yeah, sure. Yeah. You don't see how I made the connection? I totally see how you made the connection. Yeah. Um. All right. Sorry. I'm fading fast. That's okay. Maybe, you know, I'm not feeling like this is a deep dive episode. Episode, Yeah, I just don't have the, I, I'm just. Sorry, I, everyone. Happy, happy Easter. Um, yeah, happy Easter. Well, because Declan did something really odd. I mean, so we went to, 
the egg hunt at his daycare yesterday. And you can tell that there is no sensory sensitivity. I mean, I knew this about this place. It's been my challenge with them for the last year, regardless. is because they don't understand autism and they keep telling me everything that my son is doing that's he's doing so well and he's coming along and da 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 and all this. They undersold all the truth. And so obviously they build this entire, and it was a really great event. You know, there's face painting and there's activities and there's food. But there was this DJ and those big ass loudspeakers, and they had it all set up in the lunchroom, which of course is in a daycare, so it's not that big of a room. And there was just nowhere you could go to really escape the the sound of the speakers. And and we instantly get in there, and Declan goes, "Mom is too loud." I'm like, "I know it's too loud for all of us." So it's a little overwhelming. Um, I know it's like, why do they have that? The, it was funny. It was like, "Welcome everybody. This is the DJ. We got parties. We're, we're doing like he was. It was like a DJ for like uh, like a high school. Yeah, and I or, think, or I like think for, like a, from a club. Like they brought him from the club, and he's like, we're gonna be playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star right now.' Yeah, he and I was, was just like, yeah. and I, I got the impression he was kind of family somehow. I just kept getting that family vibe from him. Yeah, but it was uh, so. I, I bet they were like, "Hey, you're working on a DJ business. Come do mine for free." You know, I whatever. But it was overwhelming. But you know, we've talked before about um, his teacher, the teacher that left. Yeah, and how that sent him spiraling into this big depression. I mean, I have used. I know you don't have any problems getting him to school. I don't know how you do it, but I just put him in the car and I drive him there. I, how do you get him out of the house? We walk outside. Yeah, he doesn't do that with me. But he'll negotiate every micro step with me. No pants, mom. No shoes, mom. No pee in the toilet, mom. Like no. I mean, every transition trick I have, and he's getting smart. He's like the he's like the villain in Incredibles. You know, like that you fight the big ball guy and it learns every time you fight you like uh-huh. that's Declan like he he's lear- starting to really learn all my transition tricks so, so you just compared him to a robot they're starting to fail I, an artificial intelligence villain it's brilliant um, uh, uh, that's the best thing my, my brain had so I'm starting to fail to get him out the door when he does not want to go and this has already cost me a couple of days work over the last couple of months and um I lost a day of work when Miss Nisha left and I lost another day of work after Miss Kathy left. But we walked in to the lunchroom and even with the sensory overwhelm, he saw her and ran up to her and opened his arms and she saw him and immediately like Declan and dropped down to meet him. And it was a big, long hug. And I was like, that must be Miss Kathy. And immediately after he left her arms, he came and th- and he's not like this kid, but he jumped in my arms and he put his head down and he wrapped around. He's like, "Mom, I mean, you could, I don't know whether I, I I'm still trying to figure out what happened in that moment." It's like his heart was so open and then he felt vulnerable and so he was like clung to me and almost recoiled in shyness when she came over to talk to us. Yeah, you know, it's like you could just tell he just felt so tender in that moment that he was just clinging on to me to recalibrate and I was, and you could feel the sadness in the hug. Like he was just so sad, but I've been trying to explain to the daycare that he, they, no one explained to the kids why this teacher was leaving because they take transitions for granted and they think that the kids don't care. Well, that's not Declan. And when Miss Kathy left, he thought she left because she no longer liked him. And so 
he kept saying, Mom, Miss Kathy no like me no more. That's why, she, you know, she not there. She no like me. I was like, no, son, that's not right. Like, but it's difficult to comprehend that you have to speak to a three-year-old like an adult almost to explain the realities of why things are changing so that he doesn't internalize it and take the blame for it. So this week I finally asked. Talking to the microphone. I'm literally leaning on the microphone. Okay. That's what's up. That was not very funny. Not trying to be. So I asked the daycare this week to talk to him and explain to him why she's no longer his full-time teacher. And they did, but they still don't really get it. So um, it's fine because I'm in the middle of transitioning him out of that school and he's got two weeks left before he can start the new school. But I had a chance to talk to the teacher and I barely got a chance to explain this to you yesterday. So I asked her, I said, Miss Kathy, can you tell me what his social life or your social experience in class has been over this last year because he started in March um, his IEP was activated at the um, end of November and he's been with the IEP now what five months and he gets 30 minutes of support twice a week that's all then he needs 30 minutes of OT but they won't let her in the building so whatever um, you're not bitter no I'm not I'm doesn't matter because I'm changing it and I'm getting all my OT back. But Miss Kathy said something that actually crushed my heart to hear. Because she said that for from March until December, he would um, stand on the outside of all the groups. He would refuse to participate. He would kind of drop his face. She said he would just stand there and look, you know, overwhelmed. Um, she said sad they he would like hold his hands and kind of that collapsed C position that we see when he sits except he would just kind of stand there and just feel kind of awkward on the outside of the group um, and that he would only ever talk to one student and so he had his one friend and and they did everything together and he was really selective about who he would approach in the group and so he wouldn't talk to most of the other kids he would take longer to eat he would take longer to do all of his activities and his tasks and a lot of the times the kids who were faster at everything would be done and they would get up from the table and he would be left sitting there alone, which has always been my fear. I've watched him eat alone and be alone in previous daycares and it just breaks my heart. So she would, now I understand why he was so upset when she left because she would see that and go, Oh no, we're not leaving Declan alone. And she would sit next to him until he finished all of his tasks. So I'll bet it's, that she developed that rapport with him where he knew he'd be safe and he knew he'd be seen and he wasn't going to be abandoned by everyone else because it took him longer to do everything. Are you expecting me to say something there? Hoping you would. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. That, how do you feel when you hear all that? It's sad. Yeah? Yeah. Is that not enough? I don't know. He's like, <laughs> I, for me, I, I felt angry. I felt sad because I was. I mean, it's upsetting because when I go to pick him up, it's like, oh, Declan had such a great day today. Exactly. Oh, Declan had such a great day. Oh, he's doing so great today. That's why I'm pissed. So it's, it, it is very uh, frustrating. I was like, you bitches didn't tell me the truth. And the whole time I'm telling them that he responds differently 
to social and learning environments, I keep saying he's autistic. Oh, he's not autistic. We can get him to transition. Is that your only understanding of autism in kids is that they don't transition? Because you can transition him from activity to activity within your day. Try taking him out of this place and taking him to two more places. That's where you're going to see the transition gaps. He doesn't like to move locations. It doesn't mean he can't move from one room to the next. Like it was so, what's the word? Arrogant of the way that they would position it all. And, And I'm like, I'm literally trusting you with my son, with our son, but I'm mad at them. So it's just from my point of view, but I'm trusting them. Like they're helping me to develop his self-esteem. And in, in reality, by ignoring it, they're actually like crushing it. And when I say he's depressed about this teacher leaving, oh no, he'll be fine. The director literally two days prior said to me, oh, you know, I hear you're upset about that, but he, he'll be fine because he sees her on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It'll be fine, mom. It'll be fine. Well, it's not fine and he's not your kid and you don't understand the way it works. And when I ask you to do something, it's because it's in his best interest. Why are you fighting me on it? But I was relieved to know that when the IEP therapist came in in December, it started to change everything. Now, he's young to have an IEP. Okay, he's three And he's receiving IEP support inside of a daycare. So if you didn't know, that is an option. You do not have to wait for them to be school age to receive IEP support. You don't. Right. You can actually receive IEP support as soon as they turn three, depending on how your state handles it. But typically early intervention is until the age of three. And then the um, IEPs take over until they're out of high school. But because those two therapists would come in and he would get one-on-one time, they said, the teacher said that he started to open up and he started to become more socially confident and he would engage with other students. And now he has no problem approaching. Now at this point, he will approach any of the other students and play with anyone he wants. But she said even on the playground before the IEP, he would play off to the side. He wouldn't play on the playground with the other kids. He was always off to himself. The whole time. Like, can you just imagine being feeling so lonely in your day? And I know that you can. That's why I'm asking you the question. But can you imagine that at the age of three? I don't really rem- have any memories. of, it, But yeah, I can. Well, maybe I, maybe I do because I was in a, I was in daycare. Okay. And I don't remember. I remember feeling alone. Right. So those those that's I'm angry because I know the neuroscience behind a repetitive thought and a repetitive feeling and how that literally changes the neurochemistry of your body and it shapes what you believe you can do in life as a person. And to find out that here I am so actively trying to create an environment that's going to support his social, emotional, and mental developmental needs and to be sold a stack of lies that are just absolutely wrong and to find out the truth is it's not happening. Like that's, that's that's heartbreaking for me that I that angers me and I have always wondered whether I pushed too hard to get in this IEP so early and wondering if it was you know am I doing the right thing and for the first time yesterday this teacher was like oh my gosh you absolutely that changed his entire experience here was having those teachers come in I was like oh my god thank god like how would you ever know 
Right, because it's not like we get to go and see him in, in his environment. No, and it and it's a daycare, so it's not like you get to sit down with the teachers and go, "Okay, how's he really doing?" Because it's they don't understand autism, so any report they give us is going to be through their neurotypical filters. Right. I was just kind of beside myself, and I felt bad for the teacher also because she really needed to leave the school about two months prior. She said, but his IEP teacher told her, you know you're one of the reasons specifically that he's doing so well. And so she felt guilty and she didn't want to take that stability and support away from him. And it just came a point in time where she just had to. Um, and that's where it, you know, launched us into where we are right now. But I, I walked away from that moment feeling incredibly validated that I, I got mad about that red shirt. That's what triggered the whole thing. I got mad about that red shirt. Maybe red's not your color. Red used to be my color, remember? Every when I when we first started dating, I was like my KitchenAid, my stand mixer is red, my pots and pans were red, I had red clothes, like I had red. You told me that I couldn't have red or animal print colors because it reminded me too much of your mom. It reminded you too much of your mom. So I started getting rid of all the red. It was mostly the animal print. Well, that's why I don't have all the red stuff. And the red. Yeah, red and pink. I wasn't allowed to do either one. Which I've never been pink. What do you so. mean allowed to? You can you do whatever get, you want. No, you would get very upset. Do you, homie? That's not how you felt back do then. Do you hard? Oh, goodness. Yeah. No, red isn't... It doesn't matter. It's just that they were pushing that red shirt. And I got really upset about it because I could see what it was doing to him at night. And I could see the quality of his life deteriorating and his capacity to enjoy his night. He couldn't even get through his night without meltdowns and all this big emotional thing because you could tell it was just destroying him during the day and if I hadn't gotten pissed about I've been wondering like should I feel guilty did I do the right thing but thank god I got mad about that red shirt because getting mad about it that day is what inspired me to go look for a new school and it has taken me eight weeks six to eight weeks to get to this point and it's supposed to be a long wait list but I'm we got fast tracked in and we got all the different set things set up and we're actually starting in two weeks. And if I had not gotten mad about that red shirt and decided to do something about it, and I waited until yesterday's conversation to know for a fact that action had to be taken, I'd be screwed right now. He'd be suffering for how much more long, you know, how many more months until I could catch up and take advantage of the signs that were right in front of me the whole time. So, you know, I'm just... I guess I'm just I'm overwhelmed this weekend in my own feelings because it's so difficult to live in everyday life and know what you're supposed to be doing. I mean, how often do you feel like, oh, there was a sign for that and I did it and I caught it? What? Like when you found this OVR thing, like what led you to that? Like you started getting creative. I just got a wild hair up my butt. Right. And you followed it. I did. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Followed it right in my butt. Well, okay, but anger and curiosity do the same thing. They'll both motivate you from a place of complacency, whether it's like, is it broken? Do I need to fix it? Or, yeah, I'm I'm feeling lonely and I want some friends, but, oh, the effort. Like, it, anger and curiosity will both motivate you from a place of complacency into a position of movement. So you did the right thing. You You saw a sign and you took it. I did. Yeah. 
I'm really hoping, I'm excited to see how this plays out over the next couple of months. Me too. I'm going to have to uh, do some more poking around and then see see what actually comes up. But I'll, I'll keep you all apprised if I find more information or if it actually ends up working out where I get evaluated for it. Yeah, I think this oh, is that's cool. the thing that's really frustrating is that none of this stuff is connected. So it's, you know, you, you have to constantly be, ev- you're constantly being evaluated. Yeah, though, I mean, well, and that's what I thought I was going to build Chandler to do is like bring all these things together so it wasn't so fragmented. And I guess I've just did a place where I don't know what I want Chandler to be. So I haven't done anything to it because I don't really know what I want to build it. I don't know. I haven't figured all that out yet. But I, one of my biggest complaints is that all of this is fragmented. And not to mention when you do get evaluated and they start asking you some of these questions about your life, now you have to remember them. Like I've always dreamed of creating tools that would allow you to document that stuff. So you only had to remember to go find the document and then it would just have your, I call it a manual memory. Like it would just manually remember all that stuff so you don't have to keep it all in your brain. That's the overwhelming part of evaluations is like starting from scratch with all the details yeah that part's really frustrating you know that that's like we've talked about before the idea of having a powerpoint presentation so you mm-hmm. can get your doctors exactly like here just watch this powerpoint i don't need to explain my life to you again uh, well that's a lot of truth to that and so i've actually thought about creating some sort of digital support system in that way because um you know doing that for yourself whether you're an adult a teenager or a parent advocating for your child like it's the same exhausting process and we have to do it over and over and over again so it's just we do need to create something like that yeah maybe it's already out there and i just don't know it am i the only one mad about sounds like a shark tank idea oh yeah Am I, but I'm, am I the only one mad about the information we found out yesterday? You, you just seem so kind of like, mm. I'm tired. Okay, but how do you feel about it? You're his dad. Like I'm, I'm angry. <sighs> I'm filled with anger. Ah! You're not giving me the feedback <laughs> I want. <laughs> want me to punch something? <laughs> no, I don't. just want to... I don't know. Well, but I mean, I don't... See, at this point, we're leaving, so I'm just relieved that we're leaving. Yeah, but... It doesn't surprise me. I guess I'm just feeling... I never felt confident in what they were saying anyway. Did you ever say that to me? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so. Well, I'm saying it now. I just feel like I was alone in assessing whether or not we needed to move him. Alone in... I mean, I know I I bounce everything by you. I'm like, hey, I want to do this. Hey, I want to do this. Here's what I found. But I'm still doing all the work. And all the thoughts and I'm just running it by you. And when it when when I do that and I'm like, okay, this is where I'm at right now. And I'm feeling like this and I'm super pissed. But I found these options. And you're like, yeah, that fits. That makes sense. So I know I get your approval in the moment. Like that sometimes that's the only time you do check in and validate what I'm feeling. But as his as as his parent, as my partner in parenting him, like sometimes I do look for that feedback a little bit sooner from you. Because if you had said to me even six months ago, yeah, I don't know that I believe what they're saying. You know, that would hold a lot of weight with me and I might have made some of these decisions sooner. I'm just, I guess I'm just feeling a little guilty that I didn't make these decisions sooner. You should feel guilty. Really? <laughs> you asked for my opinion. <laughs> really? So you you, la- you just slap on the judgment. No, so the only place, the o- I've been thinking about this all weekend, so the, the only way I've been able to reconcile that I don't need to feel guilty 
I keep thinking about his friend. Which friend? Otto. Okay. Um, because he speaks very like we we learned Miss Kathy's name before we learned the name of any of his of his friends, but um, when he did start talking about his friends, he would consistently just talk about this one friend. And so, what what I take away from that is like you know if I had pulled him sooner, although I would have solved some of these other problems, I also might have interrupted this friendship that he was able to develop that meant a lot to him that you know maybe has I don't know the right word but like it doesn't cancel each other out but there's you know how you feel when you find that that friend that you just really connect with and you don't have to work hard for and you just enjoy being with them that was how he that's how he was with this kid it doesn't well I mean I saw them together and they didn't really pay attention to him at all <laughs> no but but the teacher said that in the classroom they are inseparable okay yeah i don't know so i don't know um just all my feelings for the for the week for the weekend okay there's a lot yeah are you ready are we at oh yeah for pop. I, I i have big feelings you know yeah you have big I can't, feelings. i can't hide them yeah speaking of big feelings pop minute nice what's going on this week um so i don't have a news minute this week oh no so just this one sad pop minute. Okay. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried. I heard about this. Passed away this week at the age of 67. That's young. Due to an illness that has yet to be reported as of this writing. I thought it was cancer. Gottfried was a stand-up comedian, actor, and podcaster. He is probably best known for his role as the voice of Iago. Yeah. Jafar's talking bird in the Disney film Aladdin. I will always remember him for his bit role in Beverly Hills Cop 2, <laughs> as well as his telling of a certain joke in the comedy, uh, comedy, comedy documentary, The Aristocrats. Okay. Uh, the comedy world has lost some greats in the last year. Gottfried was a legend in the comedy scene, so a lot of people were very upset by his passing. Yeah, just months after Bob Saget. Yeah, and Norm MacDonald. Yep. So... So they just keep losing comedians. Losing comedians. So that means that they're gonna need qualified individuals to stand up to the mic. There's plenty of comedians out there. Trust me. You're not necessarily good ones, but there's plenty of comedians. I'm sure there are plenty of them, but you know what? It doesn't even matter. You just need to figure out what you want to do for yourself. Like take the mic by the balls. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying if you only if it brings you joy. I mean, it brought me joy the one time. Yeah, you worked really hard for that. I did. Yeah. So, but it's, you know, paying audience, they want to laugh. Right. When you go in front of an audience of 12 people that only want other people to laugh at their stuff, it's rough. It's very rough. I mean, there's, you have to order. How do you know? You've never seen me do stand-up. Oh, I, I have no idea. I've never experienced. Don't throw that back away. He had COVID. I'm not, how was I supposed to? You've hit, he's, he had COVID every single time I've done stand-up? You only, I only had tickets to the one night. Mm-hmm. But if you're out mm-hmm. doing stand up, then I'm home with him. Mm-hmm. Kind of the way it works, man. I'm, you I'm, have a, you, we, you could ask your sister. She might babysit. She works until eight. Ah, ridiculous. Well, maybe we'll do one of those weird things where we get a babysitter. Don't, well, don't maybe, we do can, that? maybe we can get him to a place where he can have a babysitter. Maybe. He, we haven't reached that point. I know, I know other parents can leave their children with babysitters before the age of, you know, 10, but we haven't gotten there. Before the age of 10? 
I'm being, what's that word? He should be, well, he goes to daycare. He should be able to it's be not okay his with a home, babysitter. Though. It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah, no, he has too many needs for sameness. The routine is comfort zone. Don't like, they have like uh, services for... Like for a pe- respite care or something? Yeah, where they'll I come mean, and, pit and they'll watch your little fella for two hours so you can go out and I like, mean, I know that they'll do it. I don't know that that's best for him. Honestly, because I he spends so much time in daycare already, I haven't been open fine, and willing. no fun allowed. No fun allowed. I'm just saying. I'm I'm, I don't know sweet all right sorry folks we weren't as funny or as uh, informative as we normally are no i think we had a pretty good episode i think so not bad happy easter happy, yeah oh, although i it's guess i guess we shouldn't say that because i don't want to offend non-easter people yeah i'm not trying to i'm saying happy spring yeah happy planting happy seed planting yeah fruits vegetables Yep, and bunny eggs. And bunny eggs, <laughs> which I still have no idea how that relates. I don't. Yeah, I don't get to, it. Either. Uh, to Jesus. You'll have to research it for the next news minute. For the next news minute. Culture and news minute. That's right. All right, so I think that's it for the day. Mm-hmm. Rochelle looks like she's falling asleep on the microphone. Mm-hmm. I'm just comfortably resting, so you know I'm I'm close enough to it. That's what's up. <laughs> that's the end of the episode, folks. We will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, don't forget to... Uh, say remember. It's rem- better for the neurochemistry to say remember. If you say don't forget, they might actually forget because we're literally <sighs> telling them to forget. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform so you can be notified of the newest episodes when they're released. Ooh, I like your voice. Join the Facebook group. Join the group. Join the conversation. We'd also like to welcome our listeners from all the different countries all over the world. And all over the United States. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you and good night. And good day. And good afternoon. Depending (laughs) on when you're listening. You have a great voice for this. Oh, yeah. Um, What's wrong with my normal voice? I just really like that one, too. Why aren't you doing that? From now on, I'm going to be talking like this. (laughs) Pop minute. News minute. (laughs) See? Yep. Such a pro. All right. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And we'll be back. Cue the music. (laughs) 